You're listening to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions, and I'm your host, Michelle Dawes-Burt. Fasten your seatbelts as it's sure to be an informative discussion and conversation. Keep in mind that we are not perfect, but we're empowered. Enjoy. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I am your host, Michelle Dawes-Burt, and as always, I'm super excited to be here with you today. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood here in Atlanta. We've had 70-degree weather this past week, and it's been gorgeous. People are out letting the sun kiss their face, getting their vitamin D. We are just so pleased with the weather here. Um, our hearts are going out, and our prayers are going out to people in the Ukraine. It's just been an interesting turn of events since um, the war has started, just the attacks. I've seen some casualties um, in reading the news this morning, so it's just been a very interesting and trying time for us um, holistically, right? Gas prices are going up. Things are, we're starting to feel the impact of everything that's going on all the way around the world. But um, it is what it is. Unfortunately, we're just going to keep praying and keep doing what we're doing. Um, like I said, here in Atlanta, it's a beautiful day. And I just want to thank all of the people, all the new listeners that are checking us out today. Let me just give you a little background about what Real Chicks Rocket's all about. It's all about creatively collaborating and connecting to raise awareness regarding the issues that impact us women. That's right. And we do it by way of community service, public speaking, mentoring, workshops, and the arts. This has been our sixth season in having these conversations with interesting people, people that I think that have done some legendary work. Work, people that have been maybe focused on the community, just about change, just giving us tools and strategies to help us do things differently as a community. And today is no different. Today is more on the entertainment side. You're going to learn a little bit more about me, but it's really all about my guest today. Today's topic is we are hip hop. And my guest today is Mr. Biggs of the Soul Sonic Force. Mr. Biggs! <laughs> Peace. How y'all doing? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? That intro was kind of funky, man. I like that. <laughs> You're looking good, my friend. You're looking good. I want to get right into it. I want to get right into it. Tell the people where you from. Where you from? Born and raised. Born and raised. Boogie down Blunt. Mm-hmm. Born and raised. I, I was actually, my first uh, couple of years, I was living on Gun Hill Road. And um, but that's from birth, and then I moved to Bronx River in 1970. Okay, okay, and those are the years I want to kind of focus on. Yeah, those are the years I want to focus on. So tell me, what was it like living in Bronx River, 1970, and and and, and then some? What was it like, Biggs? Tell us. It was it was um, had a lot of change of events, you know, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. You know, um, a lot of gang activities. Mm-hmm. One thing about the gang, like when we first before we was Black Spade and Spade, we was, it was a group called Power. And um, but one thing we and did in Bronx River was we kept the other gangs outside of Bronx River. Mm-hmm. Like we would never allow nothing negativity as far as rumbles and things mm-hmm. take place on Bronx River. Mm-hmm. You know, any beef that had to be settled or whatever. We always took it to their project. Mm-hmm. You know, we always protect our project. Mm. Right? We let no in our project. Heard that. Yeah. I heard that. And I think we felt that, Biggs. I think we felt that. For those that don't know, I was born and raised in Bronx River Projects myself. 
was there my whole life, at least the first 18 years of my life. And so I remember the 70s, right? It was real. It was kind of dope for us, right? The music was good. You know, R&B music was good. We was moving away more from the Motown sound. It was a little bit more funky. Um, kids was out. We was running around playing tag, hot peas and butter. <laughs> You know what I mean? Handball on the side of the building. It was just, it was just like, I, I guess as a young girl in the projects, I didn't feel that heat that you're talking about with the gangs. I appreciate you protecting us in essence. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand that. Not only that, like, the parents, like, it was just a big village. Like, yeah. everyone, you know, you always, you have someone to go to, like, to help you out every situation that might occur. Like, it was just a big village. Mm -hmm. I didn't play no games. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. No games. So, so, the music, like, the music was everything. Yeah. You know, that 70 sounds, and then from the 70s right into hip-hop. Yeah. You know, it, it was it was it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Biggs, tell us a little bit about some of the music you was checking out at that time while you was protecting the block, being a big brother to your siblings and just friends to us. What was some of the music that you was checking out during that time? Well, back then, we were, I was a big um, George Clinton Parliament fan, mm -hmm. James Brown, um, a little bit of Zap. Um, all that Motown sound, but my thing was really um, James Brown and George Clinton, mm -hmm. a straight form. You know, those, that was the sound. I mean, we even had, um, that was our calling, James Brown on Sex Machine. I mean, um, it was just uh, soul power, James Brown soul mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. You know, that was our call, like, we say, soul power, we say, spade power, soul power, power <laughs> to the people, power to the spade. It was just, that whole movement was, yeah. was, 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 you know, made me what I am today. Yeah. Like, it opened up my eyes to everything. That era was just special. Yeah, yeah, it was dope. So, Biggs, let me, let me kind of set the stage for those that don't know, because, we take advantage of the fact that we grew up where we grew up at, right? You know, the birth of hip hop and everything that was going on at that time. Unfortunately, a lot of people didn't have a community center, right? Their projects look different than ours. You know, everybody in New York, the projects kind of look the same. But I just kind of want to set it up a little different, you know, so people can get a feel of the energy and the vibe that time, you know, during that time. So we're young kids, you know, you're a teenager, you holding it down. Um, and now all, this, all of a sudden, there's this sound that's coming out, right? We're starting to hear beats. You know, guys is coming out, scratching. Not, not even really scratching yet, but really sampling some music that we knew maybe our parents listened to. Maybe it was more of the Caucasian kind of uh, pop music. And now all of a sudden, we're hearing it, right? So now it's in the back of our center. Like, you know what I mean? So people are DJing. And playing this beat, what what did that feel like for you, Biggs? What did you feel like when you first heard your first great beat back then? It was um, <laughs> that was a great question. Um, I don't really know what I felt because when when Bam Bam Bada would play the music, mm -hmm. you know, we would 
first of all, that his whole that whole musical experience, like he would just take he would listen to record and he had this knack to just play the break beat of the mm-hmm, record. Like mm-hmm. we would go downtown to record stores and this dude would actually buy a record just because the cover looked different. Mm-hmm. Not even knowing the group, not even hearing nothing from the record. You know, and then he'll take it home and play it and play it until he heard a break beat. Yeah. And he'll just play that beat over and over and over and over. And I'm looking at him like, yeah, why are you just playing that? So you used to listen, you know, girl, you used to listening to the whole record. Right. He would make that break beat a whole record. Mm. And it was just amazing. You know, mm. it was just amazing. And then everybody gravitate to like the break beat. And yeah. then it just brought out a different, you know, uh, what we call B boy, B girl, yeah. break dancing, and it just took people somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of DJs wasn't doing that at the time. Right. Like, you know, everybody credit Cool Hurt. You know, salute to Cool Hurt. Right. But I, I would never ever consider him the Godfather of hip hop because mm. I always said Bambada is the Godfather, mm. but. You know, Herc always played, Herc would play the whole record, like, you know, I'm keeping 100, like, you would go to a Herc party, and then go to a Bambada party, it was like, Herc party was truly boring after hearing a Bambada, mm-hmm. you know, and then, everybody said it started in 73 at this block party, he's supposed to be thrown across in Cedric Avenue in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Well, we just doing block parties in Bronx River forever. Come on. What what, what makes that <laughs> the, the the start of hip hop? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it, it's and up to today, people still go back and forth where the hip hop started. Did yeah. it start in Bronx River? Did it start at Center Avenue? Yeah. You know, I would always say it started in Bronx River. Like, yeah. I can't. Even the people from Bronx River. I don't know if you remember David Gibbon used to run the Brunt the Center. Yeah. And um, he was a big Cool Hurt fan. Like mm-hmm. he ran with Cool Hurt. Mm-hmm. Tell you like Hurt wasn't playing the stuff, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And my thing was some of his parties you couldn't wear sneakers. And if you can't wear sneakers, and that wasn't hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> We was just grinding. <laughs> you catered know, to the more them guys was more like you know they wore the mark necks. Yeah. They wore the the, the gold medallions. Uh-huh. They were a little older than us. Yeah. yeah. You know he had some some more putting our age, but most of his crowd was older than us. So they they wasn't getting on the ground and getting dirty. Yeah. And they was. Yeah. You know, that's just my, that's <laughs> I hear my. you. I hear you. Yeah, you you right, Biggs, in the sense, like, I mean, I was a pro kids girl before I even did this whole Converse thing, but it was pro kids what was on our feet going, going up because that's what we could afford. Go down, you know, uh, Westchester Avenue, go pack, go get a pack, you know, get a pair of sneakers down there and keep it pushing. But yeah, the, the energy on the block, especially in the summertime, all it took was a nice day, like nice weather. 
And you're right, Bam would be playing, and, and he would run these extension cords, right, Ellis, from his apartment all the way to the back <laughs> of the center where we used to play checkers and chess, like in that space, and then take it to the back of the center to the stage at night. Exactly. You know what I mean? Am I right? <laughs> and it was funny because he was just, like, we'll, we'd literally be sitting down in the circle. Yeah. You, can, uh, the circle, you just said when we played the right. chess. Yeah, the circle. And he was like, yo, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play some music. Yeah. You know, the the telephone, the the um, tape phone. Yeah. You know, he would literally make two, three calls, and next thing you know, it was like a hundred people in the project. Yeah. Ready for the music, ready for the party. Yeah. You know, that just think about that. That, that like was amazing. Like this dude would literally make two, three phone calls, and next thing you know, you got two, three hundred people then. Then we we take it from there, put it in the back of the center, and it was it was just great time. Like those days, like never be duplicated. I'm trying to tell you, we never really kept it, you know, that stuff on tape and Mm -hmm. view, you know, because that whole moment, that whole time, is just lost. Like Mm. only in the you know those who were there. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why that's why Biggs, this conversation with you today is important because you were one of the architects. You know, you were there. You could share your story and tell us how it was, and it's documented. So I want to say thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. I want to ask you this, Biggs: How did you guys form Soul Sonic? How did that come about? Well, first, we, I first when we started, it was just three of us. It was. Um, uh, band with the DJ, mm-hmm. uh, brother named Cowboy, not Cowboy, is down with Flash. Another, his name was Cowboy. He lived in um, Bronx River also. And then with myself, Cowboy, and Pepsi. Um, band needed, we doing a DJ. He was playing music behind, um, remember Corvettes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> He was playing a building behind Corvettes in the basement. He was doing a party for something. He got really tired. So he's like, Yo, I need another DJ. That's when he got Zombo. Mm. He's from Bronx River, too. One of the original Zulu Nation breakdancers. And then um, I was the youngest of the other two MCs. Pepsi went away from school, and the cowboy became Muslim. And so it was just me. And then Charlie Rock came on, then Pow Wow. And then, make a long story short, it was about 10 of us. Okay. You know, and um, we had to come up with a name. And we was all into this funky, so sonic, this force. Like, we just wanted something powerful, like a so sonic boom. You know, we was always into like out of space type mm-hmm. of stuff, and and that's the way the name came. It was the, the force, so sonic force is like the force, the power, mm-hmm. music, and that's and then within the so sonic force, there was another group called Cosmic Force. Mm-hmm. Was like, you know, so Cosmic Force went their way, and then so sonic force, Charlie Rock. Went to the military, and then it left me, Pow Wow, 
Brother named Aisha, you know Aisha. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from fourteen sixty. Yeah. He was his original soul son for us, and then um, he started working, started making moves. So it was just me and Power out. Then we got Glow. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we started from there. You know, next thing you know, we in the studio. Actually, we did our first record was. We was uh, with um, called Zulu Nation Throwdown on Paul Whitney's label. It was um, Cosmic Force on one side, we was on the other side. And uh, we were supposed to join, we were supposed to uh, be part of Sugar Hill. Uh-huh. That didn't work out. I'm glad it didn't. Okay. You know, back then, what they did to artists, like what the way they robbed. The robbed us was crazy. Yeah, and it's it's so sad. Like when you think about it, like a lot of those guys from my era have nothing. Like mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. We were fortunate. We we um we signed with Tommy Boy, and although we didn't get all we were supposed to get, we got. You and got. We on our right. You know what I'm okay. We never signed our publishing away. That's good. So we, you know, we've been blessed. Like we've been on, we've been almost around the world, you know. And uh, just to see where it was and what it is now, you know, it's it's a blessing because when we were tour back then, there was no. Other rap group it was us, Furious Five, mm-hmm. Sugar Hill Gang. Mm-hmm. Those are like the major groups. Like we we toured the world. Those three groups. But when we toured, there wasn't no whole other rap groups. Like we was going up against, like I said, Gap Band. We was going up against um, George Clinton. Mm-hmm. We was going up against. We we went up against Prince. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was crazy. Like we, wow. We going up against these major bands. Right. We up there with turntables and a beatbox. <laughs> beatbox with people back then couldn't understand. Like, we set it off. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't for Planet Rock, John Roby, he's the one that played the beatbox, 808. Music today, like, you would, you would really, like, we put drummers out of business. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that kind of like messed with me for for years because I was a big drum fan. Like I was a big fan of bands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I knew with this technology, a lot of people was gonna lose jobs. Like a lot of drummers was gonna be put out of business. Mm-hmm. You know, we we created that whole Miami bass sound. That's old Bronx sound, man. Like, you know, that's <laughs> old, you know everything. That whole 808, all those hard drums. Is from Soul Sonic Force. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, we toured the world. We we took hip hop. We the one that took hip hop overseas. Yeah, like, they know nothing about hip hop overseas. You might have a few kids here and there. When we first went overseas, we first went to um, Italy and Germany. We had you literally had people following us. They thought we was the new Black Panther movement because we had all these kids. When Planet Rock came on, yeah. they would just go crazy. crazy. So they they thought we were sending a, a message in our music. Oh. They had 
my gosh. We would be backwards saying that we're telling the kids to do crazy things. Wow. Wow. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. And like the people that would take us around, they were like, yo, did you guys do anything? You're like, what are you talking about? He said, you guys have been followed. CIA, everybody is wow. following. And I'm like, what do you mean that? And then we found out later, <clears throat> excuse me, and they really thought between the society force, our following, and then the Zulu Nation was, was an army. Right. We thought we were the new Black Panther Party. So it, it, was, it was crazy, man. <clears throat> we would have our beepers go off and insist it would be the FBI on everybody's people. Wow. We call it FBI. Wow. We thought we was this new black youth moment that had to be watched. And all, all through the music, like, it was crazy. It, it was it was crazy times. Like, a lot of people don't know these things. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it was, it was, it was wild. Like, you really had to watch our backs. Like, we didn't know who was who. Right, right. Do so you remember what year this was? Like, when when did that start to happen? Right after Planet Rock, like, 82. 82. Perfect beat. And yeah. We just had food following that people, the powers to be, didn't understand. They just know that when our music came on, uh, the youth would act a certain, certain way. way. Yeah. Were you guys hitting big venues in Europe when you went to Germany and Italy? Were they big venues or clubs? Like, how was that? Uh, they were. They were big venues. Wow. Uh, yeah, they were. By that by that time, it was out there. Mm-hmm. We even did a, um, a show in um, London. Um, And it was funny because after the show, I see this big, uh, tall, skinny, white boy with red hair <laughs> running to me. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, why well, just, I don't know whether to snuff this kid. to do the chest bump, you know. Uh-huh. And find out it was um, Prince Harry. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, and he's coming for you. He started giving us pounds and shaking our hands, and right. And some lady was like, "Oh my God, you guys touch royalty." Yeah. No, he touched royalty. He touched royalty. He almost got snuffed out here too, coming at me that kind of way. <laughs> Yeah, he, he, he was quite interesting, man. That guy was quite interesting. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was real. So, did he hang around and ask questions, or just kind of catch a vibe with you guys? He wanted to, to play us in basketball. And, wow! And then we'll get five, and you get five, and we'll kick your bloody ass. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the kingdom, like, 
Leave them brunch guys alone. Mm, 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 mm. So, so Biggs, how long did you guys tour? Was it kind of like through the early 80s you guys were touring Europe? Or how long did that last for you? Tour up until about 82. And then Perfect Beat dropped. We toured more on the Renegades. We probably stopped touring, mm, I want to say like 86. Mm-hmm. You know, then we would do spot gigs, like we'll do shows here and there. Mm-hmm. A lot of shows all over the place. But like major tours, minus, you know, because, um, yeah, about 86. Um, we did a couple of shows from the, um, the B Street movies. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of touring off of that. And then we did we did radio I think it was Radio City we did Radio City and Bam decided he wanted to break the group up for whatever reason okay and then um he went his way and then but we I said well you do what you gotta do you know what I'm saying we gonna still perform we're mm-hmm. supposed to not perform because you don't want to perform. <laughs> and, and we still, still riding off a of renegade and we still hiding in fish creek yeah. So I don't know about, but, you know, we still did our thing. So, so Biggs, talk to me, talk to us a little bit about the, the, the energy when you guys were doing the concert. So, you got B-boys, like, people breakdancing everywhere, popping. Like, what was it like when you guys were doing these tours? Oh, the energy was crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, it was almost sometimes scary because, especially when, like, when, People like will rough rough the stage and mm-hmm. you try to get on the stage and people grabbing at you and like and like you already know since how we came up like we we not used to that like, right you know, people, we ready to get it proper. right yeah <laughs> you know? yeah and so we had to kind of like embrace that like yo this is part of it yeah we just big up our security like you know. But it was it was it was it was crazy. It was it was crazy. The energy, like you can't even describe that. And mm-hmm. like you you literally have to be an artist on that level at that time to even know what that energy is like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so sad back then. Like we would the group, like especially with the crazy costumes and everything. Like people didn't, you know. People never saw nothing like that, you know. Not in hip hop, like, not in hip hop. And who came up with the costumes? Whose idea was that to come up with what you guys was wearing? It was all like me and Bam. That was all because we considered, like I said, we were a big Parliament fan. Mm-hmm. So we basically wanted to be Parliament of hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and then back then, <clears throat> when we were performing, like I said, we were performing with all these major groups. Back then, you couldn't get on the stage. Looking like somebody in the audience. Okay. You know, like the audience when when they came to see you, they wanted to see they wanted to see something bigger than them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so so if I'm sitting, you know, if I'm on the stage with jeans and Timberlands, and you sitting in the audience with jeans and Timberlands, you know, it's like 
you at my level, like you know what I'm saying? They, yeah. they use a little bit of respect, you know, you, they think you're the same. Right. Not saying that we're better than anybody, but back then they wanted you to be better than, you know, I paid my money to see <laughs> better than me. Right, right, right. Back then you, you had to, back then no artist, no group, no artist looked like the audience. Mm. You know, it was it was just it was wild. It was um, and then we had a lot of running with the like our biggest running was with um with the um with Cameo. Really? Yeah, we um we get ready to form like we did a sound check, and we had this thing called a book quarter. Um, that's uh. <clears throat> That's our family. You play the book quarter, change the voice. Body, people, you know. Yeah, yeah, family. yeah, yeah. We at the top of the line. And so we get ready to perform. And I'm looking like, yo, what the hell is our book quarter? And then um, comes T. Cameo has it hooked up to that stuff. What? So you know me from the bump. <laughs> I snatched it all out, snatched it up, bring it back. So now we beefing backstage, and then they um, you guys better enjoy this hip hop stuff, this rap stuff now, cause it'll be over in three years. Oh, wow! And all this time, almost fifty years, almost fifty yeah, years. Yeah, it's still here. You know, it's, it's nothing bigger than hip hop. Nothing right now. bigger than hip hop. So, 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 Biggs, tell me. Two questions. Did you ever meet George Clinton since he was a fan? Like he was a, you met him. Yeah. Several, and how did he feel about you guys, you know, kind of imitating? This dude, George Clinton, is one of the best people in the world. Nice. He embraced us. He hung out with us. Nice. It, it was, you know, his energy, even up to today. Mm. They did a party for him. I think it was in Brooklyn this past summer. Uh-huh. Uh Because we got this new museum going up. And uh, he was part of um, the Universal Hip Hop Museum. And um, it's being built now on 145th Street. Yes. And um, he was... Uh, you know, we was um, giving him a tribute, and he performed and everything. But he's like eighty something, but his energy is still crazy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but this guy, man, he he's he's amazing. Yeah, he won't he's stop. Amazing. He won't stop. Shouts out to the Universal Hip Hop Museum. They are today's sponsor for the show. Um, I had the honor of speaking with Martha Diaz and Renee Foster. I know they are doing phenomenal work. I cannot wait until that museum is open. It's open in 2024. And I know they're doing some dope things um, for the culture. So that I truly appreciate. The other question I wanted to ask you, um, Biggs, was I know that I'm glad that George was was good in receiving you guys. I wanted to ask, because you made a comment about hip-hop and just the way it was then. What is your thoughts about hip-hop today? Well, <clears throat> it, it stayed 
it's my baby. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. Like they got this new thing. I don't know. And the land, well, that's crazy. That the drill music, you know, the drill music when you know these guys is rapping about somebody homie that just got murdered, and they basically saying it's good your homie got murdered, and that sets off a chain reaction. And they go out and another MC get killed. Like these young boys is getting killed senseless and mm. that's not what hip hop is supposed to be. Right, 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 you know, right, right. That part of hip hop I don't like. Like they you know, it's is that's terrible. Yeah. Like it was, even back then when we had, we were battle, it just be battles and that was it. You know, you you still my man. Right. These kids is talking about people's dead homies, like First of all, you got to respect the dead. Like, really? Mm. Regardless on how he died, like, you respect him. When the dead is over, like, be, he's at peace, man. Leave him alone. Leave her alone. They at peace. You know? And then you making fun of the person's dead homie. Now, now his crew is mad. Now they come and shoot. Come on, man. Mm. That's not what hip-hop's supposed to be. Mm. Mm. That's not what hip-hop's supposed to be. And then... The, the powers don't be because we're killing each other right. and they're making money, so they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But as far before that, I mean, I didn't I didn't care too much for that mumbling rap. Like, mm -hmm. if you really couldn't understand, right. I ain't good for that. Yeah. But it's I was you know, that's, that's my baby. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People be looking at me like, I'm 61 now. I'll be playing hip-hop in my car. Mm -hmm. He looking like, like, yo, this old dude listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> hip-hop will never die. It's always going to be here. It's always <laughs> I listen to it, too. I listen to it, too. I, w I wanted to ask you, um, Biggs, you know, Planet Rock, Searching for the Perfect Beat, all that, you guys... When that comes on, people just lose their minds. Still happens today, right? There was definitely a culture assigned to that music, right? The sneakers, we talked about it. Then we graduated to like shell toes, whatever, right? Straight leg Lee jeans, denim jacket, right? Members only jacket, like Kango hat. Like there was a certain look that went with b-boying, right? As you b-boyed. Now, I feel like, and we can see it more now, Biggs, on social media, that that whole b-boy culture is really big in, like, Asia, right? You see a lot of Asian-persuaded uh, people, male and female, like, doing it. Like, wearing the windbreaker suits like we used to wear back in the day, spinning on their head, doing the moves, the whole thing. Like, what's your thoughts on that? Like, is it, have we lost it, or are they just kind of preserving it for us? The culture as we know it yeah. moved on. Like, these these kids, like, hip-hop is just, a, is just a branch of the culture. Right. The, the, these kids today is basically too rich for the culture. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> these hip hop, as far as just using the the, his, the rap aspect of it, mm. like these kids is, is millionaires, like out the gate. Yeah, you know they, they paying these the money, so they not they not wearing 
you know, they're not wearing the Adidas suits and mm-hmm. like it's all overseas now. Overseas, they still respect hip hop to the fullest. Yeah, the culture. They respect the culture to the fullest. Over here, like you might have a little here, a little there, <clears throat> but these kids today is just different, man. Like they, they um. It went three hundred dollars, four hundred dollar belts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My first car was a pair of Volvo. Pulling around Lamborghinis and, and Bentleys, and it's just different. Like they don't, they don't care about the culture. Every they just want, they just rep one, one aspect of the culture, which is the rap. You know, the rap. Mm. You know, they don't care about the the dancing. They don't care about the graffiti. They don't care about the the, the um, the style as far as dressing. Mm. You know, they just they just want to give all their money to Gucci. Mm. And like, hey, it's just signs of the times. Times is changing. You, know, you gotta, gotta go with the times, man. Because the culture itself, like you said, it's, it's all overseas. If mm. you wanna just real that real hip hop culture, like I said, you might find a little piece of it and, and um in Florida, you might you find a little piece of it in <clears throat> in um, California. Mm-hmm. Not areas still rep the culture of hip hop. Even some parts of New York. Okay. You know, like Lower East Side, you know, mm-hmm. they still represent the full culture. Mm-hmm. That's why the museum is so important. It's important to let people know what the culture, like the culture. Yeah. But these kids today, everything is a dollar, a dollar bill. Like, <clears throat> like they, the money that these kids see today, you know what I'm saying? I, we did one show because we also, um, know my man Mick Benson, he, um, he do a art of rap. And the art of rap is they book a lot of artists like myself in that era. And we, they do little light tours okay. all over the United States. And this one show he did, um, I think it was in Michigan, and he had uh, 50 cents. And I've literally seen him just get this guy a briefcase full of money. I don't know how much was in it on what he's getting per show. I'm like, yo, what's different? <laughs> <laughs> These guys, you know, you get uh, um, a promoter wanted a little wing, and the dude was like, the person he was talking to was like, well, he'll do it for you, but it's like 250000 I'm like, I just looked at the phone like, <laughs> It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm doing two shows. You already got it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad hip hop made it that far. Like, right. These people, man. Like, you gotta pay. You gotta pay to see them. You gotta pay. Yeah. You know. And it's the thing, we're doing this shit for free. Yeah. And the money that, and don't, don't get me wrong, we make money. Yeah. 
Like the yeah, yeah, and and I think you made some because of your touring. Like you had you had a great opportunity to tour the world. You know, you kept your your publishing right, so you own the music and that type of thing. So you guys were smarter than than most because a lot of people just did it for the love and and really didn't think that it would be around as long as it was. Right, it was like a hobby. They was good. They flowed. But you, you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, a lot of the cats that we heard of when we first heard about hip hop, they're not around or they are and they're not anywhere near touching any kind of money. And I, I got to say something definitely to the Universal Hip Hop Museum and also Rock the Bells Radio with LL Cool J just really since he's taken over, you know, it used to be Backspin and now it's Rock the Bells. I see him strategically like putting people on, like Cass is on and Roxanne Chante, you know, and some people that was like back, you know, back in the day, like underrated, undercut, but we knew they were fire and now they have a platform and they're sharing the stories, you know, and they're bridging the gap. You know, that's one thing that's important, Ellis. I mean, big, the fact that you're out talking and, and touring, you're bridging the gap because People need to know. A lot of people know hip hop, but they don't know hip hop. So when you share your story, that gives them the sense of the foundation. And so we want the foundation to be there. You know what I mean? So that they can continue to build on top of it. But yeah, it's definitely, it's a change. It's more money because the powers that be know that this is a genre that's not going anywhere, right? We had to learn through MTV and through those type of mediums to show us that people that didn't look nothing like us was buying these CDs, was going out, spending the money to the concerts. They was in, they was out there. You know what I mean? Cause again, still money wasn't always our friend, right? So we couldn't always, we always couldn't roll like the way some other people could roll, but yeah, they was paying the money to see people like yourself performing. So, you know, if they put a big tour together, would you do it? Biggs, would you would you tour again? A big one. Um, the last tour we was on was big tour. Was that auto rap tour? Okay. Like sixteen or something like that. Okay. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, Two thousand sixteen. That's not bad. That's not bad. Okay. We still, we still do um, shows here and there. Like we got shows coming up. Right. You know, the virus shut down everything. Yes. Like, that, yes. That, that shut down the game. Yeah. Man. So it was like, like, we always do a bunch of shows in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Those songs was dead done. Mm. Yeah. But um, I like, I kind of like the state of, you know, where hip-hop is. And, and this is where it's supposed to be. Okay. You know, it's on this level now. You know, because a lot of bricks was built, you know, mm-hmm. to get it here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't mind, you know, I don't mind taking the licks that we took in order for the game to be where it's at. Right. You know? Okay. We had no one to tell us about publishing, you know what I'm saying? And we had, we literally had lawyers that was our first lawyer, you know, Everybody say, you know, go black. You know, you want to stay with your brothers, you stay with your sisters. Yeah, our first lawyer, Joe Barnes, he was a black lawyer. 
this dude ripped us off like crazy. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It, it was it was crazy. Mm. You had to get a, a white lawyer to, to go at him and straighten mm. it, straight it out. Back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, to get it get it right. To get it right. Yeah. Yeah. Well now, you now we have a sister lawyer. Lita Azario is her name, Rosario. Mm. And she no no joke. You know, she's from out of Washington. And we got with her about maybe four years ago. And this lady got us so much money mm. that we Oh, was out there. Wow. That's what's you up. Hmm? I said, that's what's up. Yeah, like Lisa Rosario, like she's, my whole thing is like, I respect women to like, to me, everything I do, I put women in charge. Mm. I know women get the job done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you can say whatever they want, they get the job done. You know what I'm saying? It with with the woman one thing, like it's me, but my wife make the calls. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like she makes the calls, and then my my youngest son, my sons, but um, she she's 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 Mr. Big Munch. I hear you. Women like women get the job done. Yeah. Like every every everything I've been when a woman was up front, it just got done. It just got done. You know? It got handled. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Talk more about the wine. Can we get it? What's the name of the wine? What's going on? Has it been around for a minute? I'm just doing online, MrBigsWines.com. I got um, I got five wines. I got a Moscato. I got a, a sweet, a Brigetto, which is another sweet. All my wine is from Italy. I got a Chardonnay, a Pinot, a Merlot, and um, all my wine, mostly from Piedmont, Italy. And um, it's really good wine. Mm. You know, you can check out my website, MrBigsWines.com, and it's been doing good. Mm. How did you get into that, Biggs? How did you get into the wine space? Because I was... um, I was selling so Sonic Force T-shirts over the internet. Mm-hmm. And my buddy I went to school with, um, Ray, brother named Ray, Ray Ramos. He was in the military when he left school. I left. I'm, I left. I graduated before him. And um, I went to school to play ball. He went to the military. He he made a career out of the military. And when he was in the military, he was stationed in Italy. Then from there, he you know, he got involved in wines back then. So fast forward. Um, like I said, I was selling T-shirts about five, six, seven years ago. And so he called me, yo, he hit me up on Facebook. Yo, Big, what's up? This is Ray. I, I know a whole lot of Ray. So when he showed me the I said, yo, what's up? He said, Big, you want to get to the wine game? Mm. And um, people always ask me to, to invest in this, that, and the other. And I just listened to like, yeah. He just kept calling, kept calling. <laughs> so I said, yo. So I go down, fly down to um, Florida, meet with him. 
and then um, he took me to meet the, the winemakers, and then he started throwing some prices around. I said, yeah, I could do that. And then I just got, I just took to it. I'm like, yeah, I like this. Mm-hmm. I like this. And then um, I just, basically it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right, like, okay. Just knowing, just getting in with him, with them, um, young lady and Daisy and her family, it was like, I was already in. Like, I didn't have to jump a lot of hurdles. Like, I was already in. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was, but people don't understand, but it's, because a lot of people say, yo, bitch, I want to get down. I want to get in the wine game. I don't, you know, I don't try to be funny. But I let them know, like, what's, you know, because I don't want to waste your time, and I don't want you to waste my time. You know, what kind of money you got, because mm-hmm. it's money. Yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. Mhm. And just just to get my warehouse, I literally had to pay seven or eight months of warehouse space with nothing in it, making no money. Every month I had to pay was about eight nine hundred dollars a month for nothing, like, mm. just to get approved, just for the state to approve me. Right. Okay. They can turn you down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that money's just wasted. They mm-hmm. send you back a portion for the application fee, but as far as the rent, that money's gone. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you got to have, and then you got to buy the juice, you got to buy the bottles, you got to buy the cork, you know what I'm saying? You got to buy the packaging. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot of bread, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, I'm like, yo, if you, if you got the bread, we can talk, but if you don't got this amount of bread, you know, get your bread up, and then we can talk. <laughs> I'm not going to waste my, you know, because it's, it's basically a waste of time. Right. I just get it out front. Can you afford it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you can't afford it, then come back to me. You know, I'll, I'll throw a number out to you, and if you can match that number, then we can talk. Okay. Okay. You know, okay. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a good business. <laughs> it's a real good business. That's good to know. That's that's good to know. So, Biggs, I'm going to ask you this, because at the top of our conversation, we talked about the block, right? We talked about Bronx River. Um, and, you know, when we were growing up, it was one way. And, and in the green room setting, we talked about how different Bronx River houses is now versus when we were growing up in the 70s there. Right. It's totally different. So I want to ask you, Biggs, what could you say to a kid on the block today that would inspire them to or encourage them to get off that block? Is there anything that you could share to the people that could inspire them? Because you made it. I mean, you made it. You got a wine business. You got a beautiful wife. We see, you know, you sitting in a nice space, got some jerseys hanging up behind you. You looking good. You made it off the project block. What could you say to somebody to help them get off? It's, it's, you gotta wanna, you gotta wanna get off. Okay. You Mm -hmm. You gotta wanna be so much successful. You gotta wanna say, all right, this is enough. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I don't want, and then there's so many opportunities out here today. Like this internet thing, I mean, you can just sit home and be a YouTuber and make a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They got websites that you could just design a t you don't have to put no money up, design t shirts, and the, the t shirt, you'll get a portion of the money as you sell the t shirts, as the company sell the t shirts. Yeah. You got one called um, Bonfire. Mm-hmm. You know, you make up the t shirts and and you sell the t-shirts just sitting home. Like you design a t-shirt and you just put them out there. Just put it, open up a, a website. It's so, this internet thing allows people to make so much money now. Mm. Like you really don't have to do that. Mm. You know, you don't have to be a, but the, <clears throat> that question is, is you, you gotta wanna, you, it's like anything else. You gotta wanna not do it no more. Oh, like gotcha. this is enough. Gotcha. Um, other than that, there's nothing you can say to somebody that's getting money or think they're getting money. Mm-hmm. See, I hate to use this N-word, but, you know, these people out here, you know, they, they get satisfied with nigga money. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't know there's so much more out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, you go, they still stand in the same corner. Leaning against the same building on the same block, you know, you, you gotta leave that fish tank. Yeah. Ocean out there, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you good. Got, they don't want to, you gotta leave that fish tank. You know about that tank, man? Mm. It's an ocean. It's mm-hmm. so much more. A lot of kids say college ain't for them, but today there's a college for everybody. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go to college. Like, I'm not saying you, you know, you get a degree, gonna make you any richer because a lot of people rich don't even have degrees. But just to get out, just right. to meet other people, you know what I'm saying? It's all about networking, meeting other people. You know, you'd be surprised the little simple thing that someone would say to you that would like, you know, send that light off in your head like, oh, okay, I can do that. You know? Yeah. It's nothing on the. It's nothing on the block. Like it's nothing in the hood. It's nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I go now. Now I go to Bronx. Like I told you earlier, I went by Bronx River a couple of months ago, and I'm just standing on the outskirts, and I'm looking up at the building, and I was like, the buildings. I'm like, how can people not be stressed out? Yeah. Living like this, mm-hmm. and you want people everywhere around you, like you can't escape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can escape if you want to escape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. Yeah. Every individual has to want to do it. Like yeah. you gotta wanna you gotta want more for yourself. You gotta want more for yourself. You gotta want more for your family. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta you gotta value your life, you gotta value your time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. gotta value your time. You gotta put a, a value on your time. If your if your time is just worth Standing on this corner, making like you ain't making no money. I, I mean, people in the eighties was making money. They ain't making. There's no money out there today. Mm. You know, they, your life is way more valuable than that. Yeah. Wow. If people don't put value on 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 their life, and they don't put value on, on their time. You know, I tell the kids that I, I coach high school football, and um, I, I tell the kids like, yo, 
you are valuable. Like your, your time, your life, everything is but You know what I'm saying? You, I tell the kids, like, everything is, is currency, like um, the Bitcoin. I said, don't look at your grades as just a grade. Put a value on your grade. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's 70 or, or 55. You just, you just put $55 into your bank account to get your scholarship yeah. where you just you sit in that same class and you got 85 out you got 85 now turn that into currency like yeah. you put 85 dollars into because everything you know we get these kids these scholarships nothing no worse than a, a college want a kid real bad and he don't have the grades mm. you know what i'm saying yeah that's, that's like crazy because you know what I'm saying? We we made you this athlete, and all these schools want you, and you sitting in the class failing. Like, put a value on your grades. Like, it's not a fifty-five no more. It's fifty-five dollars you put to that bank that's gonna get you into college. Yeah. When you sitting in that class, and you can get an eighty-five or ninety. Mm -hmm. Now you put ninety dollars in. You know, put a value on your grades. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that it, it is value. It is money because you need those grades to get into college. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we, we move the kids getting the full scholarship because you want to mess around in class and you don't put a value on your time. You don't put a value on your grades. Mm. You know? And, then, and then it's rough. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, you know, you get kids, D1 schools, one year kid that you groom from the ninth grade. You're like, yeah, yeah. Then you go to the board like, oh, man, he only got a 72 average. And, he got to get a 1200 on SAT or something. No, he's not going to get that. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's right? crazy. So basically, you got to put a value. Your, your life got to mean something. Your mm. life got to be more than that corner. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Your life has to be more than that corner. More than the block. Yeah. More than the block. More than the block. That's, that's awesome, Biggs. That's awesome. You And you're right. Um, you know, as a little girl in the projects, I remember just looking out the window and seeing people walking by. And I said, when I get off this block, I'm not coming back. You know, and I said the very same thing you're saying, that there's a bigger world out here. I got to I got to see what it is, because a block is conditioned to have you thinking that's all that is to life is that. And you have to just be like, I know it's got to be more than what is here. And it's no diss, it's no, it's just an individual thing. And you're like, once you get going and you, you, you expose yourself to different types of people, that networking you're talking about, you know, and God hears what you're thinking, I'm telling you. And if you say it, you know, you, it starts to line up. You start meeting different people and doing different things and your thirst starts to change and you want to do different things and see different things. And, and it just, so, you know, I just, I appreciate you, Biggs. I appreciate you because you are an example, right? You know, you came from Bronx River and you doing it. You did it and you still doing it. And I want to salute you. I want to thank you for being the guy that you've been. Yeah, this is it. This is this is good stuff. How can people find you, Biggs? How can they find you? If they want to reach out or see when you're touring, what's going on? Uh, on my Instagram, you go to Mr. Biggs Wines. Uh-huh. Um, so Sonic underscore Biggs on my Instagram. 
and uh, so Sonic Biggs on my um, Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Those are yes, that's how you find me. Okay, find out what's going on. Out what's going on. I'm gonna order some wine. Bigswines dot com. Uh huh. You know, order a couple of bottles. I'm gonna order I'm a bottle. I love my wine. Yeah, the Moscato sounds good. <laughs> yeah, all my wine is really good. Yeah, that's what's up. Thank you, Biggs. I want to. I want to thank your family. I know your siblings, so I'm gonna shout them out. <laughs> I want to thank them. You come from a good family. We, you know, growing up, we loved you. All of you guys, all of y'all, you know, was a staple to us. I guess that's why I respect women so much because my mom's raised all eight of us by herself. Ooh. And she didn't take no short. Great job. You know, we wasn't no bummy, no bummy family. Yeah. You wouldn't know it was eight of us. Yeah, right? we didn't know because y'all were clean. Y'all were clean. <laughs> Looking good. <laughs> Holding Harrod Avenue down. Yes. Yes, she did a good job. So shouts out to your entire family, Biggs. Um, man, all the best to you. All con- Much continued success in everything that you do. I want to thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Thank you, and God bless. All right. All right. That's my time. You guys know me. I'm Real Chicks Rock. I am everywhere. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go check out the website, realchicksrock.com. You need to cop one of those t-shirts. We were talking about t-shirts today. You need a Real Chicks Rock t-shirt on your back. The weather is changing. You're going to look good in it. Yo, when you get the, when you get the t-shirt, take a picture, tag me. Real Chicks Rock, so I know. So then we can repurpose that pitch and let everybody know how good you look in the brand. Thank you so much. And for those that are listening, you know Frankie Crocker was my idol growing up in New York City. And I always want to close out the show with what he said when he closed out his. May you live to be 100, and I live to be 100 minus a day, so I never know that beautiful people like yourself had passed away. Until next time, take care, God bless, and rock on. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have a product or service you'd like to have promoted during the show, please contact us at info at realchicksrock.com and we'll send you the details. We're reaching the masses and we would love for you to join us on the ride. Until next time, take care and continue to rock on.